In this Sikha, the Rebbe is speaking about what a Yid says when he would bring the Bikurim, the first fruit, to the Beis HaMikdosh. So we have in the beginning of the Parsha the mitzvah of Bikurim, and when the person would bring the first fruit to the Beis HaMikdosh, there was a whole Parsha that he had to say, thanking Hashem for all of his kindness. He would start off with Arami Yoi how originally Yaakov was by Lovon who wanted to destroy him, and Hashem saved us from him. Yaakov Avinu went down to Mitzrayim originally as a very small people, and eventually increasing, and Hashem saved us out of Mitzrayim. Again, they wanted to destroy us, Hashem saved us. And finally coming to this place, to Eretz Yisrael. Now, the reason why these specific things are mentioned seems to be quite obvious. We're trying to thank Hashem for saving us from these situations and bringing us to this beautiful land flowing with milk and honey. We're expressing this, both with our bringing the fruits of the land to Hashem, as well as with verbalizing and thanking Hashem for the amazing things that He has done for us. The question, however, is, if we are mentioning the kindness, the various different kindnesses that Hashem did for us from the time that Ayakiv Avinu went down to Aram, all the way to the time of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and so on, the question is, why are we just mentioning these two things? And why don't we mention the things that happened after Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, such amazing miracles that Hashem did for us? Kriyas Yamsuf, Mulchemes Amolek, giving us the Mon, the Well of Miriam, and so on and so forth. All of these things are things that help the Yidin to survive and to get to Eretz Yisroel, and plenty of other tremendous miracles that Hashem did for us. Why are we only mentioning these two things? Now, we might come along and say that these are two very, very general and major things. A lot of the details of Kriyas Yamsuf and so on are just a follow-on from Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. But the question still remains, what about something that happened between the time that Yaakov was saved from Lavon and Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and everything that followed from there? And that is when Yaakov Avinu was saved from Esau, who wanted to destroy him. And the question, of course, is why Rashi doesn't mention anything. It obviously has to be something very simple and clear that Rashi doesn't even have to tell us what it's all about. So the Rebbe says, perhaps we could answer it in the following way. And that is that there is a big difference between Lovon and Esav. Lovon was a goy. Esav, according to many, is called a Yisroel Mumar, a Yid that went off the right path. And we are told, Chazal tell us, that a goy, when he plans to do something bad, it's counted already as if he did it. Whereas a yid, if he only planned to do something bad, he's not punished for it. He's not, it's not counted as if he did it. Both Lavan and Esav both didn't practically do anything to kill Yaakov. Lavan wanted to kill Yaakov. Esav wanted to kill Yaakov. But Lavan didn't, Lavan although he didn't do anything about it, but he's a goy, so therefore it's counted already as if he did it. And that's why we say, Arami Oivedovi, that he destroyed my father, because he wanted to destroy my father. Whereas Esau didn't do anything about it, and therefore he only plotted to do it, and therefore since he is a Yisrael, therefore it's not counted as if he did it. The problem, however, with this, the Rebbe says, is a number of things. Number one, in Pshut Shal Mikra, we don't find anywhere this distinction and this concept to say that Esav had a din of a Yisroel Mumor. In fact, it's not even so clear. The others generally, what halachic, and such, what, what halachic status they had before Matan Torah. Furthermore, the Rebbe says, if we're thanking Hashem only for the things that practically happened, 
then we shouldn't have mentioned Lavan either. Because even if he's counted as a guy, even if though that he's a guy and he will be punished for it, so that's between him and Hashem. He might be punished for something that he didn't do. But how does it impact the Yid? How does it impact Yaakov? I say, you're going to tell me. So we're counting for things even that someone only plotted to do. So if that's the case, we should count Esav as well. So the bottom line of all of this is, we need to find something else that's unique about Lavan and Yetzias Mitzrayim, for which we're counting only these two things, and they are the ones that are specifically relevant to the bringing of the Bikurim. So the Rebbe explains it in the following way. The mitzvah of Bikurim, the Yidin became obligated only once they came into Eretz Yisrael. They conquered the land, they divided the land, they settled in the land. This is when they're obligated in the mitzvah of Bikurim. And since the whole point of Bikurim is to thank Hashem for this land that we got, a land flowing with milk and honey, where we're settled in, where we're appreciating the beauty and the greatness of the land, in order to emphasize, to stress this particular kindness, we are mentioning things that are in some way similar to this particular kindness, that is, kindnesses that Hashem has done for us when we were also in a permanent place, and that was a place where the place itself didn't really offer anything very nice for the Yidden. It was a place that was terrible for the Yidden. And yet the Abishta saved us from there. And this is the places of, first of all, Lovon, where Yaakov Avinu spent 20 years of his life, and even more so in Mitzrayim, where they were there for 210 years. The places itself caused the Yidden suffering, and, and, uh, and in case of Lovon, he wanted to destroy Yaakov, etc. Whereas in the case of Esau, who only meets Yaakov along the way on the journey, he's not settled in a permanent place. So to when the Yidden are traveling through, through the Midbar. Yes, of course Hashem saved them, but it's very different to the situation by Lavan and Mitzrayim. So when we are trying to emphasize about the goodness of the permanent place that we have right now in Eretz Yisrael, we're contrasting this to the way it was when we were also settled for some time in two different places and how the place itself could have caused so much harm, or did cause so much harm for the Eden in the case of Mitzrayim, and yet Hashem saved us from these places. The Rebbe goes on to explain this idea of what's going on in the mitzvah of Bikurim, and these particular things that we're mentioning. The Rebbe says, it says in Oira Torah, that in the mitzvah of bringing the Bikurim, we have the fruits of the trees, a remez, to the Yiddish Neshama as it's in the, the Guf. Bikurim represent, the first fruit represent, the way the Neshama is up above in its Shoyresh, up, up Lamayla Beruchnius, in the spiritual worlds. The Tzemach Tzedek says that when we bring the Bikurim, lifting up the fruits, bringing it to the base of Middash, this represents lifting up the Neshama, going up to its source up above. The reading of the Parsha of Bikurim, saying those words, Koireiz Molashon Hamshachad, reading is, is drawing down. And Kriyas Pashsa Bikurim represents we're drawing down the source of the Neshama, down to the Neshama inside the Guf. Says the Rebbe, based on this, we can now understand why we mention these two particular ideas of Lavan and Mitzrayim. Because in both of these ideas, so in both when the Yidin went down to Lavan and left Lavan, as well as when they went down to Mitzrayim and left Mitzrayim, in both cases there is a Hamshacha Milmailolamata, like the idea of Mikro Bikurim drawing down the Chesed of Hashem from above, in both cases, by Lavan and Mitzrayim. So first of all, by Lavan, it's the post says, So this represents Yaakov coming down from a very, very high place up above Be'er Sheva, coming down into Choron, into a place of negativity. 
And Zotu and Yaakov leaves the Pasuk says, Vayashkem Lovon Baboiker Vayanashik. Lovon gets up in the morning and he kisses sons and daughters, etc. But Chassidus explains that what this means is that Lovon represents a certain very high level above. Loivan Elyon, the pure white, representing a tremendous high level of pure Chesed of Hashem. And the Alter Rebbe explains in Torah, the Vayashkem Lovon Baboiker means that every morning there is this great level of Chesed. And Yaakov Avinu, when Yaakov Avinu, when the Pesach says, Yaakov Holochadarke, means Yaakov is coming along to draw down this high level of chesed from above down below. So that's as far as the story of Lovin. In both cases, there is Amshacham Mulmailo Lomata. So too, when Yaakov is going to Mitzrayim, so first of all, he sends Yehuda ahead of him to establish a yeshiva, bringing Elikus down into Mitzrayim. And then, of course, when the Yidin are leaving Mitzrayim, there's a tremendous hamshach of Elikus, when Nigla Aleim Melech Malchem Melachem HaKadosh Baruch the Eibishter, reveals himself, comes down into, the, into Mitzrayim to schlep the Yidin out. Says the Rebbe, this is also the Pshat and what Rashi says, Maskir Chasdei HaMokem, that we mention the kindness of Hashem. Why we use the term kindness? Why not a miracle? Because it's specifically the kindness, the idea of chesed of Hashem that comes into where? Into mokoim, into space, into the place where a yid has his permanent space, as mentioned before. And bringing down elikus into our space, this is what's represented by mikra bikurim, speaking about these kindnesses of Hashem, the amshacha from Hashem, mulmailolamato. Says the Rebbe Doira from all of this in our avoid is a person can never suffice by only saying I'm going to be involved in my Torah and feeling and climbing higher and higher and connecting myself with the deepest levels of Alikus, but in a certain sense leaving the world and abandoning the world. Instead, the whole idea is that you need to bring down Elikus into our world. That's what Bikurim represents, bringing into our fruit and into our business and into all of our mundane things, bringing the Elikus into our world in this way, making for Hashem a Dira